Hi, everyone. Welcome to the MBA Insider Podcast. I am your host, Al D, and the author of MBA Insider. This podcast is for career-driven professionals looking for advice on how to grow their careers by leveraging the skills, experiences, and knowledge gained from an MBA degree. In each episode, I'll give you a look into the business school experience, along with practical tips, career advice, and real-life stories to help professionals grow their careers. Welcome to the MBA Insider Podcast. My name is Al D. I'm the host of the MBA Insider Podcast and the founder of MBAschool.com. Uh, today, I have the pleasure of being joined by Michael Villardo, who is a UCLA Anderson now alum, as well as at email. And he's going to talk a little bit about that today. And I brought Michael on because he, in addition to being a MBA alum, also worked on email while he was an MBA student. And so what I want to talk to him is a little bit about his journey to business school, choosing to get an MBA in the first place, as well as how he was able to pursue startups and entrepreneurship on the side while an MBA student to now working there full time. And we'll talk a little bit more about what he does as well as what email is. And first off, Michael, thanks so much for joining me today. I'm great, uh, grateful that you joined and really glad to talk to you. I usually like to warm up with just a, a simple question just to get things started, just to learn a little bit more about you. But I guess to maybe start, what did you want to be when you grew up when you were a kid? Think back to that for a second. What was, uh, what was that dream job for you when you were a kid? Yeah, my dream job was to be a professional baseball or hockey player. So I, I had athletic dreams from a young age and pursued that as rigorously as possible throughout my youth. I ended up being on the USA under 18 team in high school and lived in Ann Arbor, Michigan for a year to do that. Was committed to go play hockey at Ohio State, then ended up switching to play baseball where I went to UPenn out in Philadelphia, played there for three years, and then graduated a year early to play my senior year at Purdue in the Big Ten to try to get drafted. But I ended up falling just short of both the hockey and baseball dreams. The lessons that I take with me and the memories will, will never leave me. I really love sports and just the team camaraderie and being able to chase a single vision. It's a special opportunity, especially as a young person. Yeah, absolutely. Curious, uh, if you could only choose one of those sports, which for, to play for the rest of your life, what would you choose? I would say hockey. I definitely, hockey's my first love, and I just love the opportunity to be truly an artist out there. You're skating with the puck. You're able to do so many different things. It's a much more fast-paced sport than not only baseball, but really any sport. And hockey, definitely my first love, but it almost feel like I got a little burnt out in high school, and that's why I took the baseball route towards college and had a great experience doing that as well. That's great. Okay, so let's dive into this. I would love to know you you talked a little bit about being involved in, in sports and that being a big part of it, but eventually you did uh, go enter the workforce. But could you talk to me a little bit about what you were doing before you were in business school and pursuing an MBA? And why did you choose to pursue an MBA in the first place? Yeah. So before business school, I was at Uber for nearly three years working in the growth operations and strategy departments. My startup that I joined right out of school it's called Dispatcher Inc. We were the Uber for trucking. It was actually a Stanford MBA uh, startup. So two 2015 MBA grads from Stanford launched this product. I was the fifth full-time employee there. We raised $2 million in seed funding from Harrison Metal. And then we ended up getting Aqua hired to help begin the Uber freight department, which is how I ended up coming to Uber. But my whole route and my existence is all about diving in entrepreneurship. I truly feel from the start, it's the most analogous to pursuing the professional sports dream. You're going for something that very few succeed in, yet if you do happen to succeed, the merits and the rewards, both financially and intrinsically, 
are really tough to top. So Wallet, Uber, I help launch Uber Freight and Uber New Mobility. So two startups within Uber and at Uber, we were still a pre-IPO company. So that was really exciting to learn from that route. But my whole goal was as soon as we went public to go back into entrepreneurship, we went public in May of 2019. We'll never forget the date, May 10th. Really exciting moment, but perfect punctuation on my career and transitioning back into full-time startups. So was lucky enough to be awarded a consortium fellowship and get, come out to UCLA and be able to engage in my MBA on a full tuition scholarship. So I'm eternally grateful for that opportunity. And so my mind is there's no better way to be able to start a company than to be able to move to a startup hotbed. And I truly consider after SF in New York, LA as a premier place to be for startups. And it's only going to continue to get bigger, better, and stronger. And on top of that, my now fiance and girlfriend at the time, she was in entertainment and media. So she really wanted to try to go to New York or LA. So the stars align with UCLA Anderson, opportunity to come to LA, build out a network quickly, and really buy myself two years worth of time of experimenting on my own ideas and jumping into other positions of power where I could really learn what I want to do with the next five to 10 years of my career. That's great. And thank you for sharing a little bit about that and sharing and walking us through that. I would love to maybe drill down a little bit for a second. Be curious to know, what was it like uh, to be at Uber? I know you were ACO hired into it, but what was it like to be at Uber back five years ago, six years ago, given where they are today? And just obviously, in addition to IPOing, but certainly been on a journey and uh, certainly in many ways have been a transformative uh, company in uh, our lives as consumers and, and, and riders. Yeah, no. So for me now, especially on the entrepreneurial side, um, really want to make sure that we can go for a successful exit, whether it be IPO or acquisition. So I totally understand the disappointment on the founder side in an aqua hire situation. However, as an employee side, it really worked out well for my career development and the network I was able to build uh, large. I would say the largest influx of investors and impact on our seed round came from the Uber alum network and eternally grateful for the learnings I had there. The speed and the hustle at Uber is incredible. And I was lucky enough to have the opportunity to be at at Uber at both the time of Travis Kalanick and of Dara. So I was able to see the dichotomous influence there amongst leadership and how the culture is affected by a top-down approach. And so the biggest thing at Uber, which is so um, incredible for my growth, was the peer-to-peer learning and all the top-tier talent that comes on board. So my last two bosses, they came, had came previously from Goldman Sachs and Bain Capital. So you really see the top-tier talent working in a startup environment on an aligned goal of bringing the company public. It's exciting to be able to learn from those minds, especially as a young person. I can't imagine a better place to start my career. I'm so emphatically proud of Uber and love being able to speak with Uber alum. And so anyone listening out there to this, highly encourage going to Uber. But if you have come from Uber, would love to connect with you as well. For sure. So you make your way to Anderson, you make your way to LA, and you talked about this is a great chance for you to really learn as well as grow, uh, particularly for the next you know five to 10 years of your career. I would love to know just being in an environment like Anderson, I know there's plenty of resources there. What types of entrepreneurial ventures or what types of entrepreneurial resources or programs have you been able to take advantage of while you've been in school to really help you develop and grow? Yeah, absolutely. So coming to Anderson, I had some entrepreneurial experience joining a fast-paced startup, working within two startups within Uber, and then running a 
tech real estate business on the side of my full-time experience at Uber. So between all of those, I knew when I came to, I wanted to dive into entrepreneurship right away. The Price Center for Entrepreneurship and the Anderson Venture Accelerator are two of the top programs across the country. Anderson Venture Accelerator takes on 10 businesses, a cohort, and empowers students to really truly learn by doing. And so I was lucky enough to be the lone first year to get into that program within my first first two quarters of getting into Anderson. So I was able to bring my tech real estate business I had brought from Chicago, further work out some kinks, better learn how to scale, storytell, be able to identify unit economics, and better opportunity to delegate responsibility to both interns as well as other teammates and potential co-founders. And so working through all those mechanics during my first year at Anderson, I was able to raise close to 50000 in non-diluted funding from grants and then MBA competitions. And really, it stood up a business that was really strong on my own and thought that was going to be my path out of school when I ended up in, interacting and meeting my current co-founder, Felix, and John Kiros, two of the most incredible people I've ever had a chance to work with. And if it weren't for running into them, I feel confident I would have stuck with the tech real estate realm where I was engaging with, had a lot of filming and love being able to help empower people, especially of different socioeconomic spectrum, see the country in different ways, because I ran through all the MBA competitions using that company year one. And so I did, you know, the UC Big Bang competition, UCLA NAP competition, the Anderson Product Innovation Challenge, the UCLA Lowell Milken competition. And so doing 10 to 15 competitions, both in California and across the country, that really sharpens your pitch, helps you understand how competitive it is to re receive capital, and really helps you understand what key internal and external stakeholders react most positively to. So that first year was critical to my development as an entrepreneur and being able to truly speak off the cuff, whether it's with a podcaster like yourself, an investor, an employee, because at the end of the day, it's truly a full-time sales and recruiting job as a founder. You're constantly trying to get people to invest in your company. You're trying to get people to join your company. And then you're trying to get customers to engage with your company. So the salesmanship, the storytelling, and the opportunity to really speak at any different level to any different stakeholder really was driven from those competitions year one. That's great. And what I love about that is that it really does sound like you just immersed yourself as much as you possibly could with whatever you, you possibly could, just based off of that notion of wanting to take advantage of anything that wouldn't allow you to explore those that entrepreneurial skill set. I, I would love to maybe know, I'm sure this is going to be a little difficult, but maybe not because maybe you've thought about this, but it sounds like you got to take advantage of so many different things. If you could maybe distill the top one or two lessons that are most important things that you were you learned either from just participating in all those competitions or pitches or just from the experience that you gained uh, just from being involved or being around such great people, what would those one or two lessons be? Yeah, I would say twofold. So one on the competition setting, it's truly how you can storytell and showcase a grandiose vision that is most important, especially in the business I was running is much more of an operating business and it immediately generated cash flows. But I quickly learned that that wasn't exciting to longevity investors. They wanted to see where was the massive explosiveness year two, three, or four? Where do you get that hockey stick growth? And so when you're really trying to raise venture capital, it's incredibly important to have a strong vision setting and vision telling ability 
for that hockey stick growth potential. And then in terms of the doing part, I just cannot recommend enough that you, especially as an entrepreneur, the earlier in your career you can jump into it, the better opportunity you have to truly learn by doing because the building and the fundraising it's nearly impossible to learn that in a theoretical setting. You really have to be experiencing it, going through it. And so the opportunity to do that, again, the best part about MBA for me really was buying that time to experiment for the 21 months that a typical MBA takes in terms of the full-time setting to go through. I was lucky enough to finish in about 15 months because I already knew what my next step were going to be. But overall, I took that approach coming in to do as much as possible because learning by doing it's so emphatically factual for entrepreneurship. I love that you said that and definitely couldn't agree more. And I'm so glad that you not only came in with a clear uh, kind of vision, but just really the willingness to roll up your sleeves and, and, and dig into that and to, as you said, learn by doing. So one other thing I noticed and somehow in all the, amongst all the uh, programs you're taking advantage of. I was looking at your LinkedIn and I also saw you also intern, you did a summer internship last summer. I think you did a product management internship. Just be curious, what was that experience like? And and how did that really fit in with your goal coming in with taking advantage of those entrepreneurial kind of opportunities? I'm sure it, it, it does. But I think on first glance, when I saw that, I said, oh, that's, that's unique or interesting because as you said, you really were a gung-ho about participating in a lot of those entrepreneurial ventures and building your own things. And then you go, you went to go intern, you know, at a large multinational corporation, which is certainly a little bit different, at least on the surface. Oh, it's absolutely super different. And I, I'm glad you, you know, brought that up and appreciate your awareness of the situation. So similar to, I mentioned, I was able to be awarded a consortium fellowship, which shout out consortium. It's one of the most empowering platforms and network and so proud to be a part of it. It's geared towards empowering Black, Hispanic, and Native Americans to go get their MBA on full tuition scholarships across 20 of the top MBA programs in the United States. So really thankful and appreciative of that. And sadly, with COVID, it hasn't been the same. Um, it's been a virtual setting, but not nearly the same as you used to have this incredible program called OP or orientation program where all the schools and so Pretty much the fifth through the 25th ranked MBAs are part of consortium or a good majority of them. All the schools send their 20 to 40 consortium students to a uh, single location. And it's an incredible recruiting opportunity for the companies as well as students pre-MBA. And so that was in July of 2019 or end of June, excuse me, the last week of June of 2019. And so while I was there, I was interviewing you with Nike, Facebook, Google and Nike gave me the opportunity to dive into product management, which being someone from Uber in the tech world, that was always the most allured role and what everyone wanted to strive to be and great learning opportunity to learn more about engineering capacity, working across functionally with design and uh, data science. And so I always wanted to do that. Landing that role pre-MBA, which I ended up getting the commitment in August, that allowed me when I came to Anderson to say, okay, between August and June, when Nike starts, I have no recruiting focus or stress at all. And so that's what really gave me even more rope to be really aggressive with pursuing entrepreneurship, pursuing the competitions and letting me truly go all the way in on that. And then when it came time to do the Nike internship was, was in June, I was able to say, okay, I just had a great year of entrepreneurship. I'm going to go all the way in on this Nike internship, see if it's something that I'm passionate about. I would want to do long-term 
or really be tactical about it and say, maybe this isn't the best fit and entrepreneurship is the full way. And so Nike, incredible company, met some of the best people I've ever worked with in my life. Very exciting people to be with. Definitely not the best fit for my skill set and the way I like to operate. And from that experience, it made it very evident that I knew I would, without a doubt, do entrepreneurship now and for the remainder of my career. That's great. And also, I think that's an awesome part of the MBA experience is that anything that you take on is a feedback loop to help inform what you're going to do next. And so the things that you don't want to do can often be as valuable as learning, going through an experience that does really excite you. Because if anything, particularly for the things that maybe aren't a fit, it just brings you one step closer, as I think it did in your case, to really honing in on what you want to do. And, and, and that can be, the closing doors can be valuable in, in that respect. Okay. So uh, I want to talk a little bit about how you landed on email. So could you talk a little bit about how that came about, how you got involved and just your role kind of today? Absolutely. So last year, and another shout out to the MBA, uh, UCLA has a Reardon mentorship program. And a few of my classmates were the heads of that program. And they, hey, it's a great opportunity engage with people, give back. And I've always loved to empower people to pursue their dreams and just connect with great like-minded people. And so I'm like, that sounds great. So it's a MBA, pre-MBA mentorship program. So you get paired with someone who's preparing to apply for their MBA in the next year to three years. And so I got paired with Felix, who now he's my co-founder and CEO. And so we got paired together. This was in November of 2019. We quickly became great friends, had no intention of going into business together. I was doing my Nomad Homes uh, startup at that point, as well as preparing for Nike. He was running a test prep and tutoring business. And so when the pandemic hit, it just really aligned a lot of incentives and opportunity to innovate. One, the test prep and tutoring business was not expanding by any means. A lot of people were uh, no longer taking the ACT or SAT. So that business was sputtering. Felix was always looking to have an opportunity to be able to go into something that was a venture backup, backable, explosive growth type of ed tech solution. And then meanwhile, myself, I just experienced UCLA Anderson transitioning from fully in person to online and saw a lot of the pain points there, outdated Zoom screen shares and WordPress, something as the ed tech, as they wanted to call it. And then I just also went through three years of the most intense operations training possible at Uber, and then some minimal product experience across my three, four months at Nike. And so the opportunity to leverage my experiences along with his and our third co-founder, John Kiros, who's been developing for 10 plus years, incredible software engineering talent. It just really aligned. And uh, as I just mentioned with you, when Nike finished, I knew in my heart of hearts that I could not go through and pursue that long term. And the very first day after my Nike internship ended, I went to the office with Felix just to catch up as friends. And he's like, why don't we start working on some things together and see what can happen? This was August of 2020. By October, we had incorporated a meal. I had become the co-founder and COO, and now we are today. We've raised over $5.3 million. We're really excited about the partners we have around the, cable, the table, like Kleiner Perkins, founders of Cameo, Overtime, Whoop, Jump, Spark Cognition, Tecton, Teachable. So really pumped to see where we're headed next and gracious for the way things have worked out and really thankful for the opportunities the MBA and UCLA Anderson have afforded me. That's that's great, and thank you for sharing that. So. I know that you had mentioned we had, before jumping on that you had graduated early so you can devote um, more time to this, which is great. But if I did my math correctly, there's probably definitely some overlap in terms of working on this as well as being an MBA student. 
And as it is, I think oftentimes MBA students often are, are very challenged in terms of trying to manage all the different things they have on their plate, whether it's classes, recruiting, extracurriculars, et cetera. I mean, I'm certain you had all of those things as well as working on a startup full time and just would love to know how you were able to handle all of that and manage all of that because startups are certainly, as you know, not for the faint of heart. And yeah, neither is business school for that matter. <laughs> Absolutely. So when COVID happened, and I even have it on my LinkedIn, make every negative a positive, I truly try yeah. to bring a very optimistic approach to everything I do. And so when COVID happened, I was like, okay, what's the pause out of this? I could probably take a much more dense course load than I could before. And I'm going to do that because COVID will be done by the fall and I want to have a really fun second year. That was my approach. And so I took 24 credit hours in my fall, in my spring quarter of my first year. As everyone knows, COVID unfolded and there was no going back to the classroom in the fall, particularly being in California. And so that made it very clear that I'm not going to be able to enjoy my year two in terms of how I thought. How am I going to get ahead? I need to find either an internship after Nike or find some way to make capital because I've, I'm one who always likes to be active in doing things. And so when things with Felix and John click so well and we just saw the opportunity and I know better than anyone coming from dispatch and Uber that a month in startup time is ancient times. And so I didn't want to miss out on this opportunity. And I committed to one graduating early. So I started taking 30 credit hours in the fall quarter and two to working full time on top of those 30 credit hours. So I was working 40 to 50 hours a week and doing 30 credit hours from the month of September through December 14th. Definitely the most challenging period of my entire life, not only dealing with those factors, but also the pandemic and a lot of the stress in terms of society with everything going on in the fall. Being able to jam pack that learning into such a short window was an immense challenge. And I'm super uh, excited that it's behind me. And the post December 14th, I only had four remaining credits that I was able to do at night, thankfully from UCLA at Hockley. And I was able to start working full-time in startup mode, which is much more than the 40 or 50 hours traditionally. And things really have ramped up and progressed from there. And it's exciting to see how quickly we've been able to move as a company and as co-founders. Yeah, absolutely. So I would love to maybe know too, because you have had such an immersive experience through entrepreneurship, through Anderson, as you think about what you've done working at working as a co-founder and COO, what from your time at Anderson or what from that, that MBA experience has been valuable to how you've approached Emil? What are some of the, uh, how has that, you know, really enhanced your ability to do your, your job every day? Yeah, I would say that overall, really, again, what I mentioned at Uber, it's the peer-to-peer -peer learning. And so very gracious to be around so many smart, humble and truly empathetic learners at UCLA Anderson. Right away, it was definitely an immersive and very challenging experience. I think the first quarter or two, so UCLA is on the quarter system. So first two quarters or equivalent to you know, the first semester for other students, it's a really challenging time and easily the most difficult academic period of my career, I would say, versus undergrad, high school, any other time was coming into MBA because everyone is taking it so seriously since leaving your, your career and your opportunity to earn income to truly invest in yourself for two years, it takes a lot of commitment and it's a huge opportunity cost. So the seriousness, the competitiveness, but then also the willingness to go out and help each other find what they're most passionate about in their career and what their most monetizable skill sets are. That was super exciting. And I quickly was able to learn since I had so many talented classmates around me, what did I do that was special? What did I do that 
was different than anybody else because it was very easy to have imposter syndrome, whether it's an MBA or a top tier company, you're like all these talented people, what's going on here? And I think it's always important to remind yourself, okay, what are your one or two superpowers? Double and triple down on those and figure out that from there. And so being in an MBA, any top, top 30, 40 program, I feel you can get an opportunity to really see yourself against some of the best, most competitive minds in the country. And what, why did you get into that school? Why are you different than other students? And how can other people learn from you? How are you contributing to the community? That'll tell you a lot about what you should be doing professionally as well. You know, absolutely. And as you think about what you should be doing professionally and things. I would love to know, just even from your perspective, clearly you've done a lot, you've accomplished a lot, you've been able to take advantage of a lot of things, but I would love to know from your point of view, what is what does success mean to you? How do you think about your own personal success and how you define that for yourself? Yeah, I think the biggest things for me success-wise comes down to legacy and lifestyle. So legacy, what are you going to leave this world with in terms of making it a better place, empowering the people around you, impacting one person who then impacts six people around them, and that's due to the advice that you were able to distill upon them. Uh, Legacy is so important to me, and so I'm really thankful to be working in education right now and being able to work across some really transformational businesses over the last few years. So legacy is everything to me, and I think that's the most important thing in terms of success. And then that builds into lifestyle. I want to be able to provide my fiance and our future kids the best lifestyle possible where they can go to top schools and not have to worry about carrying on any debt and be able to engage in activities, whatever that may be to the fullest and really enjoy life and be really passionate about what they're building. So definitely I'm excited about What's going to happen over the next five, six years? Got a lot of work ahead of us. But that's how I really define success for me would be legacy and lifestyle. I love that. And I love the alliteration. Michael, thank you so much for for joining and chatting with me today. If people want to learn more about uh, Emil, where should they go? Absolutely. Go to HiEmil.com, H-I-E-M-I-L-E.com. And in case by the time you listen to the podcast, if we do end up changing the URL, simply find us on social at Emil Learning. So Twitter, LinkedIn, Instagram, TikTok. We're very active on all channels. And then for myself, follow me on Twitter at Chicago Villardo, at Chicago Villardo. There's no .com, excuse me. But that is my handle. So follow me on Twitter or LinkedIn. I'm very responsive to DMs. I really appreciate anybody listening on the pod today. And I'm really glad that we got to engage in such a genuine conversation and get to learn more about some of the things that go behind the curtain that don't really aren't really talked about in the open. Hi, everyone. LD here. And thank you so much for listening to the MBA Insider Podcast. If you liked what you heard, make sure to head over to Apple Podcasts and to write a review. It will only take 15 seconds. I'd also love to hear what you've been listening to on the podcast and any suggestions you have for how we can improve. Find me on LinkedIn or head over to mbaschooled.com backslash podcast.